Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Patience is not what we all think it is sometimes. You know, the, the joke that everybody comes up with is, Oh, Lord, give me patience quick. Well, that doesn't work. You say, well, I don't have any patience. Yes, you do. Galatians 6.22 says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and one of those things is patience. You do have patience. But here's something that it says in James. It says, it says let the, well, let's turn over there. James 1. You need to read it. Hallelujah. James 1. You know, just before we do this, you know, because I said a lot of this last week, I don't need to repeat it, but you know that tests and trials are sure to come. That's one thing. You know they're not from God. They're from the devil. And number three, you know that God has already got victory planned for you. Victory is already assured for you. So there's where we start. So don't be surprised. You know, when, when it shows up, don't be surprised when tests and trials come your way. Don't be taken by surprise. Don't let yourself be blindsided by things that come your way. You just stay vigilant and stay on guard, you know, and just, and just keep your spiritual antenna up. It's what Dad Hagen used to say. Keep your spiritual antenna up. So you, have, you already have a sense of the enemy's going to try something. He's going to try something. He's going to try something. But here in James, it says in verse, chapter 1, verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy. Oh, my heavens, are you kidding me? Count it joy. What are you talking about? Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That's tests, trials, and afflictions. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. Listen. You're not going to have any patience develop until you got some faith on board. Patience doesn't operate alone. You already got to be in faith for patience to kick in. Some people have it, have it all kind of fouled up. You have to be in faith for your patience to kick in. You know, 2 Corinthians 4, it talks about having looking at the things... We look at the things that are not seen. Don't look at the things that are seen. Look at the things that are not seen. You know, that's where your faith is because this is the evidence. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. And so you're going to have opportunities for your faith to be tried. And, and it's not just this kind of, oh, I just have to put up with it. I just have to endure to the end, grit my teeth, grin, and bear it. That's not, that is not patience. Let me tell you, I, I found this. This, this says, this patience is a God-sustained perseverance. It's not just the intense effort of a moment that wins the race, but a determined consistency and refusal to give up that gets results. That's what patience is. Can I read that again? Patience is a God-sustained perseverance. It's not just the intense effort for a moment that wins the race, but a determined consistency and refusal to give up that gets results. 
We unfortunately live in an instant gratification society. We think, you know, we can just kind of stroll in, put our order in, you know, and and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, there we are, we got it. But that's not how this works. There are times when if the need calls for something immediate, and I'm telling you, the need calls for it, not you call for it. Because you know what? It's never fast enough for our flesh. Our flesh is always going, wait a minute, wait a minute, I have to wait how long? How, how long is it? How many times have I heard over the years people say, I just got, I'm just getting so tired of waiting for the answer. Um, then you're not in faith. That's all there is to that. You're not in faith. Because if you're in faith, there's a certain amount of joy that comes in the middle of all of that. And that really is a demonstration of the fact that you're in patience. You're in faith and you're in patience. When it's exciting to see how this is going to work. And so, you know, you, know, you can go over to, I think it's First uh, Peter chapter 1. It talks about all the things that you need to add to your faith. Faith alone needs some help. You know, if you go to make a cake, you've got flour and eggs and sugar and oil and a little vanilla and maybe some flavorings if it's a chocolate cake or, you know, whatever. Whatever the flavor is going to be, you got to add all those things. And if you leave the flour out, you haven't got a cake. If you leave the sugar out, I don't want your cake. That's all there is to it, you know. Uh, I mean, I know there are flourless cakes, you know, and, and I've had some that are, you know, not bad. Um, but you, you, you have to put all the ingredients in it. Well, one of the ingredients to, to, to faith is patience. Turn with me to Hebrews. You're really close. Hebrews 6, verse 11. Yes, I don't think that's right. Did I write? Oh, no, there it is. Verse 12. Chapter 6, verse 12, it says, Be not slothful, that is, lazy, careless, half-hearted, but followers of them who, through faith and patience, inherit the promise. You're not going to inherit anything without patience. You're not going to wind up with the answer without patience. And you can't be the one to determine how long this period of time is going to be. It could be an hour. It could be a day. It could be a week. It could be a month. It could be a year. It could be five years. It could be ten years. It doesn't matter. You have to get beyond the place where you have eyes for the calendar or the clock. You know, I think I heard Gloria Copeland say one time, when they say it, it, midnight is the last, the last, the last time that they can be, you can have it. Don't worry, there's always tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. You know, God's not going to be boxed in by what you think, how it should happen, and when it should happen, unless the Holy Spirit actually gives you direction that includes a time frame. Don't set 
a time on anything. Too many people have gone to God and said, I'm going to believe for this and I need it in this amount of time and then got sorely disappointed because it didn't come in that amount of time. And then they want, they have this tendency to go back and say, well, God didn't come through for me. Are you kidding me? God, the only person that you know, the only being you know who cannot lie, who said he would perform what he said he would perform, who said he would do what he said he would do, that says that he is faithful, that he doesn't change. That God, that's the God you tell me didn't come through for you. Well, there's a whole lot, of, whole lot of answers, you know, to why it didn't happen. Number one, maybe you weren't in faith to start with. Maybe you were asking for the wrong thing. And maybe you let go. Because it doesn't matter how long you've been standing. When you let go and you get out of patience, you let go of your faith for that thing. And now it's time you got to start all over. Hopefully, you can pick it up quickly and get back to the place that you were. But listen, patience doesn't sound like whining. It doesn't sound like fretting. It doesn't sound like being annoyed. It doesn't sound like gritting your teeth. It doesn't sound like any of those things. It sounds like it's full of joy. It sounds like it's excited. It sounds like it's like... It's already mine. But you know what it is already yours. That's what faith is. Faith is now. As soon as you have been in the word and and got scripture and verse for what it is you're believing God for, you know it's God's will, you know it's been promised to you, then you pray in faith. What does Mark eleven twenty three and 24 say? says that you'll have whatever you say. If you believe it in your heart, confess it with your mind. You'll have these things. And so when you get to a place that you've got Scripture, you know what God's will is on the subject, and you say, I believe I receive it now, it's now. Yeah, but I don't see it now. Well, so what? You're not looking at the things which are seen. You're looking at the things which are not seen. You know, if you go to Hebrews, it says looking unto Jesus. Where's your focus? Is your focus on the issue? Is your focus on the problem? Is your focus on what you need the answer to be? Is your focus on on what you'd like it to be? Are you that you're uh, in fear that it won't be? I mean, what is your focus on? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. That's where you need to keep your eyes. You know, you know, there are times, you know, when you can actually just decide that I'm, you know, I'm going to make my mind wrap itself around the fact that God has already done what I've asked him to do. And I'm going to see it. I'm gonna, I already see it with the eyes of my inner man. I'm going to make my, 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 this, this man get a good picture of what it looks like. And I'm going to make it keep looking here, looking unto Jesus. Jesus has said, this is mine. He said, I can have this. He's the author and the finisher of my faith. And the Father said, I can have whatever things I desire, whatever things I need. He has provided for everything. But it's going to take some patience. Listen. What people call patience, a lot of times, just it just isn't. And you have to recognize that because, you know, some people will say, well, oh, I've been patient. Well, no, you haven't. If you have to go around spouting the fact that you have patience, 
then you're fooling yourself most of all. It should be obvious to everybody that you're in a place where you're just going to you're just believing God, just enjoying life and expecting good things, you know, expecting the answer, you know, to come manifest itself just any time. But you know, you got it already. You know, you got this thing, whatever it is, you know. And you know, it says in in Hebrews, uh, it also says that Abraham, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. But let's go back and take a look at Abraham. You know, I started looking today. And uh, from the, if you go to Genesis, I think it's 15, you'll see the very first time God said, I'm going to give you an heir out of your loins. Not your servant, not anybody else of your household, but out of you. Well, you know, some time goes by. His name is still Abram. Some time goes by. You know, I can't say that he was in faith for the next 12 years. But at the end of 12 years, Sarah comes to him and says, you know, obviously, I haven't had a baby. You're not getting an air out of me, doesn't look like. So I've got this maid servant. How about, you know, you take her in because, you know, I, I'm telling you, you this, is, this is okay. You can have a child with her, you know, and that, and that you will have an heir. Well, Mr. Abraham didn't say, oh, no, Sarah, I'm believing God. What God said, what God said to me that there was going to be something to come out of my loins. You know, I, you know, I am, you know, this is where I'm at. I don't need to take you back. You're my wife. You're the one, you know, that needs to, needs to bear a child. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, listen, Abraham was willing to compromise. And do you know when you fall out of patience, you're subject to compromise, James says, Let's fa- let patience have her perfect work. Perfect work. Not a compromise. Not a compromise answer. Because the compromise answer is never going to be as good as what he intended for you to have. Great quote here. So many compromise what's in their spirit for relief. They let the time element, they let the pressure of the answer get to them, and, and, and now they feel this, they feel this, uh, this push, you know, that there's no answer. I haven't seen anything yet. I don't know what to do about you, They feel this. You don't have, those thoughts can come, but you do not have to give in to them. It is not worth compromising what God told you belongs to you just for some relief. You just need to get to the place where you, you're eager and ready to tell the devil to go jump in the lake when that, all that nonsense starts because that's where it's coming from. It's not coming from God. It's coming from circumstances, which the, the enemy, he's the author of all this craziness anyway. You know, it's coming from these outside sources It's coming from here. Listen, if God said it's mine, it's mine. That's all there is to it. But too many people compromise on too many things. Can I give you some examples? Oh, I I want, I would like to have a new house. Well, then all these circumstances, I'm going, I'm going to believe God for, for a new house. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And so they get going, you know, and they're waiting patiently. Everything's got working. You know, maybe they've got some things to have to work out, maybe with credit. Maybe they've got some things to work out with job. Maybe they've got some things to work out with finance or whatever. And, and they go, well, that's really not the house I want, but it's a house. No, 
If that's not the house you want, don't settle. God's got something for you. If you, if, you know, how many times have, have we seen people who, you know, there's something that they wanted and it just seemed like, oh, it's, it's, not, it's not mine. You know, after all, somebody else got it ahead of me. God can still work out a version just like that for you. How about in a spouse? Well, I've been waiting for X amount of time for, for God to bring somebody in my life. Well, first question I want to ask is, are you going to be the person that spouse is looking for? Are, are you exhibiting the traits and the characteristics that that person is going to be looking for when they show up? They will pass you over if you're not in a place that you need to be spiritually first. I don't care how good looking you are. The first prerequisite should be how spiritually minded is the person that's coming into my life. And I need to be spiritually minded so when they arrive, they look at me as a great option. But don't settle. How many people have gotten married to the wrong person just because they were ready to settle for something? They were ready to compromise. They've got a list They've got a list of ten different things they, they want in a spouse. And well, let's see, they, they meet five, you know. Well, okay, I, I guess that. Well, I'm getting older. I can't afford to keep waiting. I had a cousin who got married late, late in life. And, you know, we went, we went to where the wedding was. And I know that the day before, maybe it was the day before the day of, of the wedding, I remember hearing her say something like this. Well... As old as I am now, I don't have many options. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, you got options. You're settling. You are settling for less than what you really want in a spouse. Don't do that. I mean, I appreciate so much what Brittany said on on Sunday night about um, Mary Wright or not at all. I love that. Because it's so true. Mary right or not at all. You don't know the situations down the road that you're going to face in life that you need the right person to be there to help you get through whatever that is. The wrong person won't be there to help you. The right person will, in the middle of the night, reach over and put a hand on you and pray. Or will stand with you in the face of anything that comes. Better not to have one. Let me tell you, I mean, I appreciate Mark Bauer. He waited a long time for Kat to show up. And it was worth the wait. Now, wasn't it? It was worth the wait. Listen, however long it takes, it's worth the wait. Well, what do I do in the meantime? Do what you know to do. Be faithful. Grow in the things of God. Take opportunities to be a blessing. Just, just carry your relationship with God to the biggest depth, high, the highest heights, the deepest depths that you can possibly get to. Know God so intimately that when the right person comes along, he has to go, hey, dummy, wake up. There she is. There he is. Whatever. Because you're so in love with God first and foremost. Now you're a candidate to bring another person into your life. Don't settle. There's so many things you, know, you, you can apply this to. Don't settle just because it's a relief to your flesh. Just because it's taken a long time. Don't do it. Hallelujah. Listen, um, 
Matthew 10, 22 says, He that endures to the end shall be saved. Galatians 6, 9 says, Don't be weary in well-doing. Listen, standing in patience, sometimes you get a little weary. Seems like. Don't be weary. Don't let yourself get weary in the waiting, in the time span it takes. This is where your faith grows, folks. This, this is the time frame in which you develop some strong faith when you're letting patience have her perfect with work. Galatians says, be not weary in well-doing, but, but you're going to reap in due season. When it's time, you're going to reap it. Spirit, you know, when you look in the spirit realm, you know it's there. You know it's there. Just calm down. Don't be weary in well-doing. Uh, Psalm 62, 6 says, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Ephesians, having done all to stand. stand. What's that talking about? Patience. Having done all to stand, stand. You've made a stand. You've made a commitment to a certain thing, a certain spiritual or a faith project. Stand. Amen. Quitting halfway gets you the same as never having believed for it at all. Don't quit. 1 John 5.14 said, well, let's look at it. We're close by. 1 John 5.14. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If you remember the story of Daniel, you know, Daniel prayed. 21 days goes by, and an angel shows up. And what did the angel say to him? He said, Daniel, from the very first moment, your words were heard. From the very first moment. You know, God hears you. He hears that faith. He hears that commitment to, to take on a project, to take on a, a task, to take on a, a temptation, a test, a trial, whatever it is. You know, he, he sees that. He hears the faith in you. He sees the faith in you. You know, some people say, well, God's just testing me. No, God does not test anybody. Doesn't it say, um, okay, where is it here? Um, Okay, y'all know the verse I'm talking about. James. Yeah, James. Sorry. Let no man say. Verse 13 of chapter 1. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. You just have to recognize again where it comes from. You just have to recognize the source. Sometimes we're the source. Sometimes we create our own problems. You know, but the devil's kindly obliging us when we get into those kind of areas. He's going to help us along. You know, God wants to get you out of those places where you're the one who put yourself there. You know, because it says in in verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall. Sometimes we're the ones who fall into these things, just blindly going along and just not paying attention to where we're going. You know, we fall into things, count it all joy, count it all joy, count it all joy. The trying of my faith works patience. Listen, the enemy's going to put pressure on your faith, okay? That's what he's after. You have to purposely cause your patience 
to be at work. You know, God is not trying to make you work hard at this. He's not trying to see what you're made of. He's just asking you to trust him. Just trust him. You know, there are certain things that it takes, because God's not a, a person of, that's constrained by time, but we are. And there are times when it takes time to move events and people and things and circumstances into place so that he can give you, get you, get to you exactly what you've asked for. And when he does it his way, you let him do it his way and in his timing, it will be absolutely wonderful and perfect in every sense of the word. It may not feel so good getting there. You know, and you just have to tell your feelings it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And you have to go on from there. Um, Let's see. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. In the middle of all this, patience brings you to a place where you're strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. Ephesians 3.16. Hebrews 10, 25, 35 through 38, cast not away your confidence while you're, you're right here. Hebrews 10, 35 through 38, cast not therefore away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. And yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. For we are not of them who draw back into destruction, but of them that believe, that are confident to the saving of the soul. Don't draw back. You know, a lot of it, you know, you have to, you can take back to just seed time and harvest. If you go out and plant corn today, you can't expect to harvest tomorrow. It takes some time. It takes some rain. It takes good soil. It takes fertilizer, you know. But it takes time for that plant to grow. And uh, I, I heard a quote one time that I absolutely love. And it said, the mighty oak was once an acorn that stood its ground. Just stood its ground. Listen, God looks at you as a mighty oak. Stand your ground. Well, I'm not much. I'm just new to this. I don't really know how. You can learn how. Just stand your ground. Just stand your ground. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't let the enemy tell you that it can't happen, that it won't happen. Don't let him tell you any of that kind of thing. You know, James 1.8 talks, too, about being as a person of two minds. Uh, the Amplified says, For being as he is, a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, he is unstable and reliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, or decides. That's a, that's a man who wavers. A single-minded man, though, is, you know, is without hesitation, without question, having a fixed purpose. A single-minded man is determined, Constantly steady, bold, unflinching, stable, reliable, and certain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. Which one are you? 
Is patience having its perfect work in you? You know, there are times when we're put in positions where we have to use our faith. There are times when we are put in positions where we just choose to use our faith. Is there something that you would like? Is there something you would, a job that you would like? Put your faith on it. And then be patient. Would you like an income that's higher? Put your faith on it. Be patient. Let God's work do its thing. Let him take it, take it and move people and circumstances and things around to where it needs to be. And you will have exactly what you're believing God for. But patience is, is the thing that's going to put you over. Remember, yes, your faith is what starts this transaction. But patience is what's going to keep your faith applied. Don't let go. Don't let go of anything that you've got your faith on. Whether it's a job, whether it's an, uh, an item, uh, a thing, whether it's relationships, whether it's family, whatever it is, you've got God's word. You put it in your heart. You say, I believe that I have what I've spoken because he's promised it to me. And then let patience have her perfect work. If you don't, you're going to get what, what Abraham got, an Ishmael. Not a good thing. To this day, that choice is troubling the world. You know, it, it, it is. But let me go back to Abraham real quick. Abraham, for 12 years, 12 years goes by, Sarah comes to him with his plan, you know, about this handmaiden. Well, he got Ishmael. Not th- and things are not good, new, too good. And it, for another 12 years goes by, now God comes back to him and says, yeah, I've made your seat. Your seat is the sands of the sea, the stars of the sky. That's when he changed his name to Abraham. I'm kind of wondering today when I was looking at all that, thinking, well, why didn't God change his name 25 years before or 24 years? However, I couldn't find this start point. That. Why didn't he change his name back then? Maybe it was because Abraham finally got a hold of it. Maybe that's when God changed his name. Could be. You know, we, we, we talk a lot of times about Abraham having faith for 25 years. It doesn't look to me like he did because he wouldn't have bowed to this pressure with Hagar and wound up with Ishmael had he really been in the place of faith that he should have been. Listen, don't, want, don't settle for an Ishmael in your life. Don't settle for less than what God wants you to have. Cast not away your confidence. But let God just keep you, keep you, keep you motivated. Keep your eyes where they need to be. Keep your focus where it needs to be. Keep your attention where it needs to be. And all these things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added. Seek ye first. There's that's a place of patience. Seek ye first. And so I just want to encourage you. I, I believe there's some people who have got some, some things that they're dealing with, you know, and maybe a lot of different kinds of areas that you just need to understand that you've got your faith on it. Now be patient. Take a stand and be patient. Don't settle. Don't settle for less than what God has promised you. Amen. 
At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.